Okay. Well, today we are making a theum, which means we're living with the times, because it's a very, very big thing in the nine days, and even continuing through the 15th of of to make theumim. Normally, of course, we think that means to conclude like a tractate of Talmud, but we're concluding a section of Tanya. That's pretty good, too. We are concluding today, Igeret HaTshuva, this discourse, this 12-chapter discourse of Altarebbe on repentance. So we explained in the previous chapter is that we should be, in general, in a very joyous state, and that should be the joy, actually, of the higher repentance. And at the same time, in the back of your head, remember your past sins. To not be depressed, but to just humble you. And the Rebbe said, the more you're humbled by your sins, the more any suffering that you receive in this world you can be happy with because you understand that it's actually in God's kindness because you remember those past sins and you know you need some help to cleanse yourself because of them. So that concept, the last sentence I just said, is what this entire final concluding chapter is explaining. Why is it that I am happy in this world when I receive suffering because I remember my past sins? Like, what do I want to suffer for? The Rebbe explains that in this world, cleansing of the soul is a tremendous favor because to achieve the same cleansing after death in Gehenna or something like that would be quantitatively and qualitatively far, far, far more severe than anything we go through in this world. Now, of course, the Arizal, which is nice to mention his name since I'm taping this on Tuesday night, so we still have the energy of hey of. It is still hey of at this point. But the Arizal Hachai, this is Dalkas' today, gave us many, many fasts to do to scour our soul. But bottom line, we don't do them. We don't have the strength to do them. And we discussed previously in Chapter 3, we're not supposed to do them if we can't do them, and we can't. But we need to cleanse our soul because. Every act of a transgression impacts the soul, unless, of course, one repents with the higher tshuva, which, when the author Rebbe wrote this, the higher tshuva, as I've explained, was seemingly only for very high people, very, very spiritual, godly people, like a million miles more than us. But nowadays... It does seem that it's very doable. And if you do the higher repentance, you really did cleanse your soul. You transformed, actually, everything negative to something positive. But if you didn't do the higher repentance, and you completely did the lower repentance, complete, and we know all the steps now very well, regret, confession, resolution never to do it again, tested by God, pass the test. Complete repentance. But your soul still has a mark. And that mark is not removed by these steps. And for that mark, there needs to be after-death cleansing. Unless God in his kindness sends you cleansing agents in this world. Nachmanides writes about Eov, Job, that it says Job suffered, one explanation of it is for 70 years. And all of his suffering for 70 years has no comparison to one hour of what the soul goes through in Gehenna. Our world is a world built on kindness. 
And therefore, mild cleansing heat is equivalent or can do the work of what above would take very severe scouring because that world is built on justice, on judgment, on the true letter of the law. And in this world, we have kindness mitigating the letter of the law. Now, again, we're not really so into the next world and suffering and we believe people are good and we, we trust everyone who has passed away has a great afterlife and we trust we're going straight into the times of the Messiah, Mashiach, souls and bodies. But the concept helps us as another layer of understanding that when I'm going through something difficult, it's God's kindness to help cleanse my soul. The Rebbe gives an analogy of the movement of the shadow on this world, that when a shadow moves a few inches, we know that this is corresponding to the sun's movement of thousands of miles. Because, of course, in Judaism, we believe the sun circles the earth, and thousands of miles of movement cause a few inches of movement down here below. And that's just an analogy. I mean, that's a physical, limited example of what we're saying here. And what we're saying to decontextualize is that any event that's transpiring in this world is resulting from a far, far greater impact above. And this goes in all directions. Here we're saying to cleanse the soul, a little bit of suffering here is equivalent to an enormous amount of suffering above. Also in terms of our, our mitzvahs, our good deeds. When in the times of the temple they offered a, a carbon, an offering on the altar, a person offers up a dove, a handful of meal offerings, and this elevates all of that kingdom, all of the animal world, or all of the vegetative world, is raised by one handful of a meal offering, of a flower oil offering on the altar. Why? Because what we do below, the ripples above are enormous. When a person takes wool and makes tzitzis, it's enormous. You know, well, yeah, it costs you some few dollars, and it's a very fast, easy mitzvah, hopefully a no-brainer. It's causing enormous resonating elevations above, far more powerful than we could fathom. It's the same thing too with sanctity. We're told, if you sanctify yourself a little below, a little in quantity and a little in quality, you're very greatly sanctified above, meaning our little actions resonate and cause tremendous ripple effects above. So the same way that it works for our mitzvahs, it works for our cleansing. And the same way it works for our cleansing, it works for our mitzvahs. In both directions, it's the exact same concept. A little bit of cleansing here is equivalent to lots of cleansing above. A little mitzvah here causes enormous godly revelation above. A little bit of elevation here causes enormous elevation above. So it works in terms of elevation. It works in terms of reward. The reward for the performance of a mitzvah infinitely surpasses the physical deed. And it works for punishment. Which means a little bit of punishment here 
is equivalent or resonating with an enormously far greater measure above. So all of this helps us understand that whenever we're going through something difficult, we can reframe it as God in his kindness is helping me cleanse my soul. God in his kindness is helping me cleanse my soul. I can maybe think of the reasons why my soul needs cleansing. And God's helping me. And it's not only, you know, for us afterlife, like I said, we're not so afterlife oriented. But if you are, okay, go in that direction. If you're this world oriented or a Mashiach oriented, I want my soul to be cleansed. I want to be as close to God as possible. I want to have the best life possible. I want to be the best person possible. So I want my soul cleansed. And God sometimes is saying, not because, oh, we were so bad, so he's making life difficult, because we really deserve it to be bad, because we're bad. But I love you. You're such a good person. You're trying so hard. I'm going to send you something with my kindness and compassion to help remove some of those layers you can't get rid of on your own. And when they're removed, we move on. That's the other good news, the light at the end of the tunnel. This is a process. It's for a goal. And when the goal is achieved, thank you for achieving it. Now I don't have to go through that anymore because its effect was reached. And now I have that purity. And now I have that closeness with God. And now I have the ability to experience the blessings of being so close and having such a relationship with God that comes after this very, very sincere and complete repentance, which was the goal of what we went through in these 12 chapters in various levels of thought to really have an inside appreciation to be able to achieve a really sincere, complete, and permanent repentance and reconnection to God. 